This is How Shall They Hear, a production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington. We hold services every Sunday morning at 1030 at 13470 Martin Luther King Jr. Way South, Renton, Washington, 98178. You can reach us by email at ntccrenton at gmail.com. Welcome to another episode of How Shall They Hear, production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington, our weekly podcast we started uh, several weeks back, and it's, it's been awesome so far. It's been a real blessing. Um, it's also Memorial Day weekend, so make sure you take some time uh, to remember those who've given their lives for our freedom uh, and the various conflicts that our nation has found itself in. But also pray for those who may have lost somebody in those conflicts, especially in these uh, recent ones, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, Pray for those families uh, who uh, had somebody who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. Uh, There's so much we can say about that, and we have so little time to do it. But we, we appreciate all those people who did give their lives and I know it's not Veterans Day, which we would uh, honor the living veterans, but we, we pray for everybody. We pray for all of our military and armed forces, and even our local police and first responders and those who do put their lives in danger so that we can have quiet and peaceful lives. And so spend some time in prayer for them. Really earnestly pray for them. And uh, we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now. And I hope it's been a blessing. And if you're listening, let us know where you're listening from, uh, wherever state you're in, or if you're from a different uh, country, let us know. And uh, on what platform you're listening in, whether it's Anchor, I believe we're also on Pocket Cast, uh, Public Radio, uh, Apple Cast, there's a few others, and Spotify. So if you're listening to us on one of those platforms, let us know. Email us at ntccrenton, that's R-E-N-T-O-N, ntccrenton at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you need prayer, let us know. Send us an email. We'll pray with you. And uh, we'll watch God move in those situations and in your life. And it'll be a real blessing, not only for you, but for us, to see God working. Uh, so we wanted to... Well, first you may be asking, well, why are you still doing the podcast? Were all the churches deemed essential? Well, I wanted to clear a few things up concerning that, uh, if you may be listening, especially to a couple people who I may have jumped the gun in responding to a few text messages or sending a few text messages out on Friday. Um, So President Trump had deemed all churches essential from his position, uh, but in his press conference he had asked for the governors to make the official declaration that churches may resume. And then, if they didn't, he would override them. Well, the first step of the governors uh, issuing churches to be essential has not been met here, at least in Washington State. Um, At first we heard this, then we had some other confirmation from some other uh, higher-ups to resume or go ahead, it's, it's okay to, but since our our church here in Renton is uh, rented out by a gentleman who owns a building that also has other churches that uh, run out of there, 
and other different nonprofit groups that run out of there. Um, he did not feel comfortable yet until uh, the governor had lifted that restriction since he is a business. Uh, the building is a, is a business listing, even though it is a nonprofit uh, building or organization that he runs. So until we get full green lights across the board from everybody, whether from all of our leadership, from the landlord, from the governor, to uh, old Granny Sue down the road, we're going to continue to do this podcast. We want to do what's right. Uh, the Bible teaches us to, you know, obey the magistrates, um, follow the laws of the land, different things. I know there's a time where it's like, you know, we, we need to stand up. And we can't be uh, pressed down and some people would consider persecuted. But it is what it is and that's not really a situation we're in right now. We're not being dragged out of our homes and killed for our faith. We're not having to meet in caves and in woods because of the uh, of our faith being outlawed. No, we're not in that. We understand that everybody is shut down no matter what, even weddings, uh, uh, public uh, recreation facilities, of course the bowling alleys and the movie theaters, they're all shut down still. So it's not a form of persecution. But we're going to wait until things officially be declared open, and then we can be back in service, and we'll see what happens with this podcast. We may continue to record the, the messages in our our church every week. We'll see. So just keep everything in prayer and take care of each other. Love one another. what the Bible tells us to do. But we're, we're happy to be here today. I kind of want to go over something. I, once we heard about the uh, churches being reopened or the potential for them to be reopened. I got this message from the Lord and no, it's not confirmation that we need to break the laws and go hold church uh, as a gathering during this time, but just this concept of it. And it really spoke to my heart. But I want to read uh, beginning in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Matthew, chapter 27, verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. In that 51st verse, we see something here that kind of sticks out, and if you're not familiar with old the Old Testament, and the Old Testament form of worship, you're probably kind of wondering what this is about, uh, what the, uh, the symbolism of this is, and I'm, I'm glad if you have that question, because we're going to answer that today on, uh, on this podcast. But he said, and, beho- and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And that's kind of the thing that you may be questioning. What, what's this veil, and why was this rent? Well, let's first go into the setting. What's happening here? Well, this is the crucifixion of Jesus. And you go ahead and read that here in this chapter, Matthew 27. Um, and where we began was verse 50. This is the last few seconds of Jesus' earthly life. Uh, here in the flesh, uh, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Yielding up the ghost is a good biblical term for dying. 
Uh, he yielded up his spirit, the ghost of the man, the spirit of the man. He yielded it up. Remembering that no one actually killed Jesus. He said, no man taketh my life, but I give it. And that's what Jesus did. He gave up his life. He would have hung on the cross forever. Uh, he had no sin. He could not physically die. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus had no sin. So he was able to yield up the ghost. He gave it up. When it was his time, he said he cried out with a loud voice, and then he departed. But then it says here in this 51st verse, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent. What do you mean? So they, they went ahead and uh, purchased it? They rented it? No, the word rent means ripped, torn. Now, like I said, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament and the old form of worship in the tabernacle and the temple of the Old of the old covenant, you may not know what's happening here. But if we look over there in Exodus chapter 26, starting in verse 1, God begins to lay out a certain aspect of the old tabernacle. See, when Israel had left Egypt, God began to establish their uh, form of worship. And one of the things God gave them was the Ten Commandments. We've all heard of the Ten Commandments. These were uh, basic laws for Israel that were written on tablets of stone by God himself. Uh, they were general and in, in their aspects, but then God would give them a little bit more detail as they would write out the law in, in, in its entirety. Kind of like how we have the Constitution here in America. It hits certain bullet points, but then you can filter it down and get a little more intricate, more complex on which uh, things the First Amendment covers, the Second Amendment covers. It gives you categories, but then it, it filters down a little bit more. But God also wanted a place for these tablets to be stored. So he had Israel construct what's known as the Ark of the Covenant. And many of us have heard this too. Uh, we see it in uh, different movies and things, but that's a real thing. The Ark of the Covenant was a real thing. And just to, uh, without going into a, a long Bible study, with the limited time we have, especially here on the podcast, I know you may not want to listen to my voice uh, for over an hour or two as we explain exactly all the intricacies of uh, God's plan for the Ark of the Covenant and the furniture that resided in the tabernacle and in, 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 in the temple. The Ark of the Covenant... Uh, essentially looked like a chest. It was uh, You could put stuff in it. You would carry it with uh, two long uh, staves, essentially uh, two long rods. It had to be carried a certain way. It had to be placed a certain way. It couldn't just be left out in the open. It had to be cared for. So go ahead and read that on your own. It'll be a real blessing there in, in Exodus. And If you read it, you'll really see the intricacies of the uh, the Jewish religion at the time. And that's what God started our faith off of. But he had the Ark of the Covenant, and inside uh, the Ten Commandments would rest, and a few other items. But God wanted a place for this to be put, and he wanted a place for this worship to happen. So he asked Israel, and he gave them a design for a tabernacle. And this tabernacle kind of was very mobile. Uh, it was made of a lot of just pieces of wood. Um, a lot of curtains and different sheets, I guess you can say. Um, 
And one of the aspects was that this Ark of the Covenant with a something called a mercy seat, kind of like a lid, a fancy lid, not going into too much detail with that, would have to be put in a, 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 a separate little chamber inside this tabernacle. Uh, and then it would also be put in a separate part of the temple. And it was to be shielded from everybody's eyes. It had to be covered, its own little chamber, uh, and only the priest, the high priest, was able to go into that chamber once a year and make atonement for the people. Only he could go in there. But that ark symbolized the presence of God, and that once a year God would come down upon that mercy seat once the priest made the atonement for the people. God would come down and rest upon that mercy seat. And the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God and His power. And they would take the Ark of the Covenant into battle with them. Israel would. It was so precious and so holy. It was kept in the place of the tabernacle and in the temple known as the Holy of Holies. Like I said, you couldn't just walk in there. You couldn't just go in there. Uh, even the priest... He had to be perfectly cleansed. He had to make atonement for himself first before he could make it for the people. He had to wash himself. He had to have clean clothes on. It was a whole uh, big ceremonial preparation he would have to do to the point where they would have to tie uh, a rope to his ankle. That way, if he went into the holies of holies, if he did not perform the religious ritual correctly of his cleansing and everything that's involved, he would be struck dead. Now, there was a reason for this, but God is still merciful, and we're happy that he's merciful today to us. But the priest would be struck dead. And they tied the rope around his ankle so that they could retrieve his body, because they couldn't go in there to do it. So had he messed up in his uh, ritual cleansing and everything he had to do before he went into the Holies of Holies, he wouldn't be coming out alive. I'm just trying to give you a picture of what this looks like. You have this big old tent, essentially. And inside the tent was a smaller little tent, and inside that was the Ark of the Covenant. And it was covered by a veil. A thick, thick veil. Or a curtain. So now we fast forward to our Bible reading. The veil is still there. Most likely the Ark of the Covenant is still there. There wasn't too much mention of it later on. After the uh, Babylonian captivity. Or the other captivity. All sorts of enemies came and invaded Israel. We don't know what happened necessarily to the Ark of the Covenant. We still don't know where it is today. But it doesn't matter. It does not matter where it is today. But here's the Ark. It's behind this curtain. And then here's Jesus, the author of the new covenant on the cross. He says he yielded up the ghost and he died. And the veil of the temple was rent. This veil that meant to keep everyone separated from God. That's what it was. It was to keep the people separated from God. Only the priest can go in and make atonement. Only one person could step in between. But so why was it rent? 
what was the purpose of it being ripped and who ripped it? Well, first of all, God ripped it. God ripped this veil in the temple. Because now that Jesus had been crucified, now that he had taken the sins of the world, now that he had paid the price, the new covenant that we get to enjoy today was ushered in. So there was no more need for this veil. There was no more separation between us and God. And what does that mean for you listening today? What does that mean for you listening here on this podcast? It means that God is open for business. We're talking about all these businesses being shut down, COVID-19, the the churches are not able to gather. But guess what? God is open for business. And yes, we may not be able to gather as a group, as a church, as a congregation or assembly. But that doesn't mean we can't be with God. He is open for business today. And that's what he did that day when Jesus was crucified and he rent the veil. He was saying, come on in. Come on in. And that's the one beautiful thing about our relationship with God. Is that we can go to him directly. Now I know you got some uh, religions and some denominations that... um. Have that high figurehead, I guess you could say, that uh, I'm trying not necessarily name any particular ones, but you have ones that have different priests or intermediaries or uh, those people in between that supposedly have a better connection with God than you. But that's not biblical. That's not biblical. The only one that's in between you And God the Father today is Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus is also God. He's God the Son. You don't have to go to a a man behind a cloth, a man behind a curtain, to get your answers from the Lord. You don't have to go to him to confess any sin you may have committed. You can go directly to the Father himself. Because Jesus made a way for us to do it. And that's wonderful. And God is open for business. He's 24-7. He doesn't close at 5 o'clock. He doesn't close on the holidays. He doesn't go away a couple year, uh, days out of the year for a holiday. He is there whenever you need him. And all you have to do is call upon him. I said in our beginning of our radio broadcast that if you have a need and you want us to pray for you to to go ahead and email us. And yes, we, we still like that. We want that. But I want to rephrase it. We don't want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. And I tell people this all the time. They say, I need prayer. I need prayer. Especially those who aren't following following the Lord. They feel that they can't go and pray themselves. But God wants to hear from you first. He wants to hear from you. 
Because he loves you today. But how can he love me? I don't serve him. I do this and I'm that. And I'm this wicked. I'm that. Those are the ones that God really wants to hear from. He wants to hear from you today. He wants to hear from you. He wants to bless your life. He wants to uh, remove your sins from you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants Jesus to enter into your life. He wants you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. God is in the sinner business. God is in the sinner business. That's his clientele. I remember uh, we were inviting people to church, going from house to house, you know, we knock on the door and hand them a church invitation, try to share a little bit about Jesus with them. Uh, we're not trying to convert them at the door, but hey, if somebody wants to pray for salvation at the door, well, let's do it. Praise God. We invited them out to church, or we we invited someone out to church once. He was out in his front front yard. Very simple. Hey, sir, you know, we'd like to give you an invitation to a, a full gospel church. And he looked at us and he said, oh, no, thank you. I don't think I'm your clientele. Or uh, I forgot the exact word he used. Um, essentially, I'm not the kind of person you're looking for. And I, I don't know, really know what that means. But I thought to myself, yes, you are exactly who God is looking for. You are the prime candidate of who God is looking for. You know, you have some businesses that, you know, they do gear their sales approach to certain types of people, uh, whether, of course, you know, the, the Mercedes-Benz dealer or the Jaguar dealer or the Corvette dealer, they're not necessarily going to be uh, advertising or sending circulars in the mail to the uh, the trailer park. And I'm not trashing trailer parks or anything, but in our society, a trailer park doesn't really seem... Like they have a whole lot of money. I could be wrong. And I'm not trying to offend anybody. But just based on what our society says. So where do you see these uh, Jaguar dealers? And where do you see the Porsche dealers? You see them in the the, the richer areas of our country. Uh, in the nicer communities or whatever. Because they know that's where those type of people, their clientele, are going to come from. Well, God's clientele... Is everybody all over the world. Because God is in the sinner business. And Jesus said I must be about my father's business. What is this family business? It's taking men and women. Who've been wrapped up in sin. Who've been chained in iniquities. Who can't break free of it. He comes in. He breaks those chains. He gives you a new life. A new walk, a new talk. And if you need that today, if you need this new life today, God is open for business. There's people going around, they're like, man, I need to find someone who can cut my hair. All these barbers are closed down. Well, if you need something from God today, He is open for business. And all you have to do is go to him. The veil has been torn. 
the acts, the way for us to be able to approach God has been made. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to wait for the next church service. You don't have to wait and follow a 12-step program that you saw on the internet on how to reach God. You can right now, even before I finish this podcast, find a place, bow your head, humble yourself to the Lord, and say, God, I've made a mess of my life. And I need your precious son in my life. And I believe that Jesus is the son of God. And I believe he was crucified and in three days he rose from the grave with all power. And I ask you right now, Jesus, into my life. Come and make me a new person. Let me walk in your light. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to say. And he will come into your life. And then you got to maintain it. You absolutely got to maintain it. You can't just pray for salvation Ask Jesus to come into your life and then go back to the old ways. But he'll teach you. And he'll show you. He'll work in your life and he will bless your life. God is open for business today. So it's time to step out of your quarantine. Your spiritual quarantine. Hiding from God. Worried about what you may have heard on the internet about uh, about God and about giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you've had a bad experience in a church growing up or as an adult. Or maybe you have heard things on the news. But you know what? Don't worry about what other people have done. Don't worry about the failures of other people who call themselves Christians. It's time for you. The listener today. To go to God himself. To go to him yourself. And we'll pray with you. With you. But you got to pray first. You got to go to the Lord. And he loves you this morning. And he died for you. Think about that. You know, they have John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What I like to do is take that verse and change out that word, whosoever. And I like to insert my name in there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that, and put your name, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's what it is. Christianity is not necessarily a group religion. Although the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Which means we, we got to have other Christians. We got to assemble in church when we can. We got to be together because that's what God wants. God has his family and he wants all the family members together. But at the end of the day, your faith is between you and God. 
no matter what else anybody does, no matter who else fails, if the churches never open again, if they remain shut down for the rest of our time here on earth, that shouldn't stop you from serving God. Shouldn't stop you from loving God and meeting with God. You can meet with God today. Doesn't matter how dirty your hands are. Doesn't matter how filthy your mind has been. No matter how wicked your heart has been. You can meet with him right now. And he'll be happy to meet with you. Because he wants to hear from you. He's concerned. He loves you. He wants to bless your life today. And that's the power of the blood of Jesus. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. God is open for business. And I hope you make that decision today. To go see him. Thank you for joining us here on How Shall They Hear. If you have questions, comments, concerns, send us an email at ntccrenton at gmail.com. you have prayer requests, go ahead and send them in. ntccrenton, R-E-N-T-O-N, at gmail.com. Have a safe Memorial Day. Keep in mind those who gave their lives for our freedom. And we'll be back next week with another message. God bless you.